The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. I'd like to offer some something for you to contemplate or reflect on or feel your way into. Kind of staying in the meditation mode. (coughs) So, in the course of our days, there's a lot of things that we do. Get up in the morning and get dressed, make breakfast, something to eat, brush our teeth. Maybe we go out of our house some point and the neighborhood cat is there and sidewalk and maybe you bend down and pet the cat. And then you get in your car to drive someplace and there's a lot of traffic and you're late and there's a lot of concern for the best route and how to deal with the traffic and you're quite tense. And so that the doing of driving is a whole different quality of doing than petting the cat. So throughout the day we do things, but The way we do it can vary quite a bit, the quality of it. So I'm going to offer some words, some individual words. And as you hear these words, see what it evokes in you, what associations you have. How your body responds to these words, different words for doing, or associated with doing. The first word is effort. Making effort, effort. And then there's the word endeavoring, to to endeavor with something. Another way of doing is to engage with something, to be engaged. We can strive. What associations do you have with striving? doings can be playful. It can be play.
there can be nurturing. The doing involved in nurturing. And there's doing which is straining, <coughs> to strain. And then there's a work. Sometimes our doing, we're doing work. Maybe not employed work, but even with spiritual practice, some people call it work, spiritual work. Exerting, the doing can be with exertion. And doing can feel effortless. do something, we can do it in many different ways. The quality of the doing can vary quite a bit. What do you know about yourself, about how you do things which are unskillful, the way in which you involve yourself in something is not so skillful, useful, helpful. What ways do you engage? Do you make effort that's not skillful?
Welcome to our Dharma practice day. For those of you who are new to these kinds of days, we, um, it's a way of focusing for a day on some theme of Buddhist practice um, to kind of uh, make it come more alive for you, more uh, to, is to understand it better for yourself. And one of the ways that we do that is to do it in community. Uh, there's a long tradition in Buddhism that a lot of the learning and a lot of the, the support for Buddhist practice occurs in community. And, uh, and so this, these Fridays, uh, we are here to explore something together with others and to have a chance to talk with others about the theme and explore your ideas and, and explore certain kind of exercises or questions around the particular theme or practice idea. And... Um, in the course of the day today, uh, we'll do uh, probably four sh- brief periods of meditation where I'll do some reflection as part of it. Uh, I'll give some teachings and I'll raise some questions about the teaching and then have you have a chance in some kind of uh, discussion format, whether in pairs or three group, groups or three or bigger groups, have a chance to get together and um, explore these things in a kind of... Uh, exercise format, just so that's not that's just an open discussion, but there's kind of a focused way of just of, uh, exploring something together. And um, so it's a chance to meet other people, talk, and uh, some people find it invaluable to have a chance to be in discussion with people about these kinds of wonderful Dharma topics. Um, many times in daily life, people don't have that chance at all. You, you just, ordinary friends you don't just because you know it's hard enough but sometimes they're not interested in your Buddhism whatsoever or your spiritual life and to have a focused conversation is unusual and um, and hopefully the theme of today will become more alive for you and more meaningful and you'll identify with it in your life in a way that's supportive and helpful this year the the uh, the themes that we're doing exploring for this year. Every year we have a different theme. The overall theme is called, it's called the Pali word, the Buddhist word is parami, usually translated as perfection. But parami can also mean, uh, for people who don't care for perfectionism, um, uh, the word parami also means like the highest or the most valuable. So these are five qualities of character, five inner qualities of how to live that uh, are considered extremely useful as foundations for doing Buddhist practice. If you develop these qualities of character, then um, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot easier to do the practice. And that there's 10 of them, and they are uh, generosity, ethics, wisdom, effort, patience, truthfulness, um, resolve, uh, or, or determination, um, Loving kindness, equanimity, and I've left one out. Oh, renunciation, which you did last week, last month, so I forgot last month. Was that last month we did it? No, no, it was two months ago. Wisdom was last month. Did we skip one? Did we, or we, did we forget it? We missed, we missed, missed. We did wisdom last week. Did we, did we miss? We did renunciation. Oh, because we started in September. Right, so we did them all. Where are you? Yeah, right. Okay. So renunciation. And so today the topic is effort. And uh, that's one way of translating this word. 
and uh, exactly the right English word to, to translate the word virya, the ancient word is, uh, is, is a big question. And, um, and so that's why I kind of start off with that meditation, uh, rather than using the word effort, I use the word doing. Because, I mean, you can't get away from doing, you know, so, um, and, and uh, so, but as soon as you use the word effort, some people have pulled back, like effort, I'm not making any effort. You know, that's, that's too much, you know, I'm being exhausted before I know it. And, and, um, and some people love the word effort. Tell me what to do and you know, I'll engage. It's lovely. It's like play for me. Um, so the word effort is, you know, is problematic for some people. Uh, energy is not quite the word, but energy is sometimes used for it. Um, one teacher I know uses the word persistence. Uh, some scholars translate the word as endeavor, endeavoring. And I've even seen the word uh, exertion. Um, but all these words kind of don't work for everyone. They're kind of bit, they can be a little bit problematic for different people for different purposes. And um, but I thought the word doing is more neutral. You know that probably most people don't have any strong association that's problematic with doing. So um, the perfection of doing, how we do things. Um, the word, though, in the, the original word, virya, uh, is, uh, comes from the word hero in, uh, in Indian language, vira. Um, and so it kind of, the idea of a hero kind of implies that it's kind of maybe courageous effort, heroic effort. It's, it's like a really important effort to make. And um, <clears throat> so to engage in Buddhist practice, uh, sometimes it's quite challenging. We have to overcome a lot of uh, challenges, inner resistances, life circumstances that kind of stand in the way of it. Um, we might have very powerful, uh, very, very powerful inner drives that go in the opposite direction that keep us from wanting to give the time or turn ourselves over to practice to do the things we need to do. Uh, sometimes there's a lot of fear that uh, we encounter in any kind of spiritual practice, not just Buddhism. And so it takes courage and effort to encounter it. Um, it uh, takes sometimes a lot of effort to keep up spiritual practice in a regular way. It's fine to do it, you know, on a you know Sunday morning and come time see and meditate with other people. It's great, you know. It's kind of like easy to do it with other people, but to do it every day on your own, I mean, you know. And then you think it's supposed to be effortless, not supposed to make effort. So, how do you overcome? You know, what are you supposed to do when you can't can't get yourself to sit down? in the morning and that's what you want to do. And so sometimes it takes a lot of uh, discipline, it takes a lot of strength. Sometimes this word virya is translated as strength, the perfection of strength. And um, so in different circumstances, the, how we do things requires different kinds of effort. Sometimes we need very strong effort, courageous effort, sometimes diligent effort, disciplined effort. Sometimes we need effortless effort. Sometimes we need to back off. And mostly, there are times we want to, the, the most important effort we can make is to make no effort. Especially as meditation goes deeper and deeper. And in a sense, one of the kind of carrots, maybe, for some people about meditation practice, is that sometimes you need to make a lot of effort to get to a point where it becomes effortless. But if you sit down and just make no effort at all, um, 
you know, some people read Dharma books where they talk about not making any effort. And so they just kind of don't do anything. And what that means is they just continue life as usual. Nothing changes for them. And they're, they, they're kind of like, well, I'm not supposed to do anything. And you're not supposed to make any effort. And, and so they kind of like continue suffering or doing unskillful things like they did before. There's no Buddhist practice without effort. Or say differently, there's no Buddhist practice without doing something different. Um, you know, you, if, you, if you wanted to live your life just the way you always lived it, then there's no need for Buddhism. Buddhism means we have some other interests in mind besides business as usual. For many people, it's because they suffer somehow and they want to somehow become free of the suffering, resolve that suffering. And so that's, in Buddhism, that's considered a noble endeavor to become free of suffering, to find that peace. And, um, and then, so it requires doing something different. So what is that different thing that we do? And, um, and so the Buddha ta- emphasized t- t- with tremendous kind of enthusiasm, that he said, you know, make effort, engage, involve yourself, be wholehearted, pour yourself into what you're doing. This is not, uh, it's Buddha said, uh, this practice is not for the lazy. So that's maybe discouraging. There was a book in the 1970s, I think, called um, The Lazy, I think it was called The Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment. It was a very popular book. But uh, I don't think people read it anymore. So Um, maybe the people who took that book to heart um, made no effort to promote it. They were too lazy. So, um, so, um, so there, you know, so, so this topic of effort, the doing, there has to be a doing, and Buddhism kind of depends on doing something different. So then, we come to the topic of effort, or the, this parami of strength, or or engagement, or whatever way you want to translate these words, and. Um, there's a very interesting teaching about, and this will be the framework for today as we go through the day, called the Four Right Efforts, or the Four Wise Efforts. And um, before I tell you what it is, I want to give you an analogy that I learned from Donald Rothberg, the teacher who learned it from a student. He was teaching a retreat, and he gave teachings on the Four Right Efforts, and the student came up to me and said, Um, I do open sea kayaking. Maybe up in Alaska, I think it was, where it's going to be dangerous. And um, and what what you taught us about the four right efforts is what I do when I go kayaking. So he said, when you're kayaking, um, before you go out into the open sea, before you start kayaking, you know, you have to learn really good kayaking skills. No, no, yeah, you have to learn really good kayaking skills. And then you have to maintain the skills. And then if you get in trouble kayaking out there, you have to make the effort to get out of trouble. And if you're out of trouble, then you have to make the effort to stay out of trouble. And so, uh, the, uh, so the last one in the Buddhist terminology would be called avoiding or protecting yourself. 
The second one, you know, you know, stay out of trouble. Getting out of trouble would be, um, it's, uh, would be called, um, so one's protecting yourself. The other one is uh, usually described as letting go or abandoning the trouble in Buddhist language. And then the third, um, cultivate skills that are useful, is called uh, developing skills. Developing skillful qualities of mind and skillful ac- actions. And then once you develop those qualities, keep them going. So it's a very ordinary idea. Actually, you know, many endeavors, many things that we do in our life, uh, we don't even have to be told to do those three things. It's kind of like almost second nature. If you're biking and you see that there's uh, big dangers up ahead, um, you know, so you, know that, um, you might avoid that danger. Um, and um, if you're in danger, you try to get out of danger. And if you going to do some long distance biking, you might want to spend some time uh, preparing yourself for that, getting yourself fit and wise and get your bike tuned up and the tires pumped up. And then uh, once you start biking, you want to keep the tires pumped up. You want to keep yourself in good shape. You want to kind of keep it going so that you stay in good shape and not get too tired and take rest when you need to. So you're in good shape. So one way, so in Buddhism, the reason I give these similes is the classic way that this is talked about, um, uh, people go numb when they hear that description. Now they kind of like get all jang- confused. So, uh, so now hopefully you're prepared to hear the, the confusing way it's said. So it said, that, um, um, for unskillful qualities that have not yet arisen, uh, uh, cause them, br- bring them about so they arise. For un- no, no. For unskillful qualities that have not yet arisen, endeavor to prevent them from arising. For unskillful qualities that have arisen, endeavor to let go of them. For skillful qualities that have not yet arisen endeavor to bring them about. For skillful qualities that have arisen, that are present, maintain them. So to say it in a different way, if you're doing something which is unhelpful, stop it. If you're not doing something unhelpful, keep not doing it. If you're not doing something helpful, do it. And if you're doing something helpful, keep doing it, as long as it's helpful. So th- those, f- those are the four categories in which Buddhism wants to look at effort, to kind of look at what we're doing. And so today I'd like to spend the four, kind of divide the day into four parts and look at these four different areas. And uh, in doing so, I want to point out that within each area, there are two general categories in which to look at. The Buddhist tradition says that it focuses on the purpose for which you do things, or the qualities that you have, qualities of character, qualities of mind that you have, that are supportive for what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to become free of suffering, free of clinging, if you're trying to become compassionate, there are certain things that support that and some certain things that hinder that. 
So you understand what you're doing that's hindering or supporting and then adjust accordingly. Um, so it's a lot to do, you know, what you're, what you're trying to do is often the measure. But how we do things is also very important. So you might have a very good thing to do. You want to have act compassionately in the world. But the way that you do it is you just bear down and grit your teeth and really strain and try to work hard and are you're in a hurry to do it. And that way of doing is detrimental, it's unhelpful. You might um, want to be a thief and rob the bank and how you do it is somehow you figured out how to be relaxed and at ease and kind of effortless to pull out your gun, you know, can I have your money? And so you have some problems, you have some difficult challenges after you rob the bank, but at least the way you did it was, you know, relaxed. It was a terrible example because, uh, because in Buddhism you can't do something unethical like that and not, and not have unhelpful consequences for you. But I'm trying to make this point about we can do different things with different qualities of effort, different ways in which we we apply ourselves. So it's what we apply ourselves to do and how we apply ourselves. The amount of effort we do. And a lot of Buddhist practice is negotiating these, these two qualities, is finding a way with them and learning to be wise about them. And um, so I think spending today exploring this hopefully is going to be useful for you to understand yourself and your relationship to this whole issue of effort. Is that okay? So what I'd like to ask you now as we begin, we'll begin by having a few minutes to talk about um, what's the first one that's usually listed in Buddhist texts, um, which is um, um, to avoid the appearance of unskillful, unhelpful states, unhelpful ways of doing things when they're not there. So if they're not there to begin with, try to keep them from arising. So what I'd like to ask you uh, is what are some of the ways that you know that you make effort, that you engage in work or activities or the, the ways you do things which are not helpful for you? So, for example, when I was younger, uh, I had a tremendously well-developed capacity for self-doubt. And so, no matter what I did, I was not doing it the right way. Someone else was always going to be doing it better. And, And if I was doing it, then by definition, it was not the right way. That's just the way the universe was built. So for me to be carrying with me that attitude and everything, almost almost everything I did was detrimental, was undermining myself. It made things harder than they had to be. So that was a simple, one example of how uh, uh, we bring, we're unskillful uh, in how we make effort. The burden, the baggage, the struggles we have that we bring on top of it. So uh, I wonder if we can just do popcorn style and brief comment that um, uh, some way that either you hinder the skillful, useful effort, that you kind of make effort harder than it needs to be, or it doesn't have to be self-revelationary here, because you, you could also uh, talk about someone you know, 
we know that. There's someone, someone you know. Someone. We don't, um, but uh, so uh, <clears throat> I'd love to get the kind of a kind of a catalog of different responses to that question. So, in what ways do people um, burden their effort with extra baggage? Make their effort harder than it has to be. So. So there's there's another mic over there. So who would like to who would like to speak? Before I, yes, Trudy. Thank you. Um. I was going to pass the mic, but um, I think trying to um, compare how I'm doing it with the way somebody else is doing it. So comparisons can get in the way. Yeah. Great. So Anne, you, you're holding it. It's a risky thing to come here. Uh, (laughs) um, I think um, I can't do it. Um, that would be it might be about how much energy I have for a specific yeah. thing or how much physical capacity I have for something. So, so, so this idea that you can't do it gets in the way of being able to engage. Good. Yes. Um, I was going to say um, the uh, idea that you need to control it. You need to control life. It has to be controlled or it goes out of control. Maybe it's a lot of, that's fear, very fear-driven that you've I'm got just, to. So, so the idea that all effort needs to be controlled, and so then this fear, fear comes into it, and that's a burden, baggage. Good. Is this mic still working? It feels like, it's, it, feels like it suddenly got quieter. I don't know if people can still hear. Can you still hear okay? Or you, got a little quiet, I think. Maybe turn it... So let's see if that's worked. Is that a little bit better now? Okay. So someone else? Yes? Um, worrying and letting the worry interfere with the doing. So have worrying interfering. Mm-hmm. Okay. The good, good policy is to worry before and after you do something. <laughs> and then the doing can be just, just doing. Yes, Gail? Uh, imagining that I should do something. Uh, in order to be a better person. <laughs> ah, so burdening the doing with uh, uh, self-identity issues, like you're trying to prove yourself or be someone and you should be doing this. And rather than just you know, doing it in a simpler way, it's, there's this big, there's a lot at stake. Yeah. I think for me, I, I make a, too much effort. So I'm straining. Uh-huh. You know, I... I feel like I want to get to a particular place in my spiritual yeah. path as fast as I can. And so, I think it's unskillful. So straining and being in a rush mm-hmm. can be unskillful, yes. Requiring some external circumstance to be in place first. Ah, so delaying and procrastinating delaying. until everything is just right. So you're limiting your, uh, your engagement. Um, I I actually have pleasure in in making effort. So my problem is more that um, 
I make so much effort that it's detrimental to my body. For example, I work 14 hours in a day, several days, the whole week. Um, so it's realizing my limits. Mm. So your enjoyment of working, of doing, uh, is so great. And so you're so kind of committed to the enjoyment of it that uh, you overdo it. Mm-hmm. And then you're exhausted or your body's... Oh, I get sick. Get sick, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes? Um, cluttering my mind with uh, too excessive reading so that I can't focus on my intention. Cluttering your mind with? Excessive reading. 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 Ideas. Thinking. Oh, reading. Oh, too many ideas. Reading yeah. and getting f- full of all the things you should be doing and you could be doing. And well, no. Reading, like reading the news, yeah. thinking of other... Cluttering my mind with th- thoughts that are uh, interfering with my intention to focus. Great. Nice. Yes, please. Um, what am I doing to be pleasing to everybody? Everyone, yes. <laughs> Everyone's watching. <laughs> yes, I know. I know this one well. Thinking too much when I'm trying to make decisions, making it difficult to make decisions. So spending too much time thinking and being drained by that. And it gets, and it gets in the way of the actual doing. Well, clouding, thinking too much so it actually clouds my decision making uh-huh. and makes it difficult. Great, good. Uh, Taking things very serious, and so making it stressful, in the end, but, to, they, they, I mean, taking things very serious, oh, serious and yes. important, and then distress, and then nobody's happy with the you know mm. doing the job itself. There's a great quote by the Zen master Zen uh, Suzuki Roshi who said, uh, "Life is too important to take seriously." Yeah, I um, I don't know how to quite put it in the category, but um, kind of choosing people who seem to be like smarter or have something to offer and then setting myself for disappointment. Yes. I forget what scale this is on, but it's like called like being a six, which is thinking that life is kind of out to get you or just assuming that you're, yeah, that it's like a mindset of everybody, everything's going to go badly anyway and acting with that idea. Uh, So so acting with the idea that things are just, nothing's going to work out and so, you know, what's the point or it's hard or... And you got to fight, you got to fight to even just stay above water. It's just like, it's just, like a hopelessness. That so you've kind of lost even before you started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, you think you know how it's going to go anyway, so. Yeah, great. This is a great, great list of things. Thank you. So I think maybe if you warmed up a little bit, you kind of get into the topic a little bit now. So um, I thought that we would uh, break into groups of two. And, um, and maybe uh, in the group of two, uh, share with your partner a little bit more on this topic like how you um, undermine yourself in making effort, how you um, make efforts which are not skillful and helpful for you, 
Um, just kind of, you know, and you don't have to reveal things you don't want to reveal, but just to share a little bit more, but not a long time. But then I want you to switch to another topic. I want you kind of warmed up and laid that as the groundwork. And that is, knowing this aspect of yourself, what are some of the ways that you know uh, to prevent this from happening? So you wake up in the morning and it's not happening for them, you know, you get up and it's all fine. And you know you're going to, you know what you're going to do during the day. And do you know anything? Do you have any skills, any capacity, any understanding of how you can kind of keep it so those undermining approaches don't actually take over? Can you prevent them from arising? Can you keep them at bay? Can you kind of, kind of, you know, not allow yourself to get engaged with them when they come up? Can you somehow, what can you do? So, for example, something very practical is you might discover that if you're uh, tired and hungry, that uh, that's when some of these undermining ways of doing things uh, tends to come more often. So just making sure you get enough rest and enough food can keep you from, you know, what you're doing and be wiser as you do it, or balanced, more easy when you do it. Or it could be that you, um, that you, um, you know, you don't uh, spend a couple of hours in the shopping channel, you know, before you go shopping, you know, to buy groceries, because then you're like, you know, just give me, give me, give me, I want, why I want, you know, just like, so you're in the stores and like this extra kind of, so what have you learned about how, what do you know, what can you imagine you can do that would be preventative so that when you do stuff that you don't undermine yourself or burden yourself with extra baggage as you do it. Does that make sense? Okay. So I don't know if we're an odd or even number here, but what I suggest is that um, find a partner, and if you don't find one, walk towards the center where I am. And you might either run into someone else who's looking for someone that way, or if, there's, if we're an odd number here, then um, I'll help you find a group. Uh, that, so we have one group of three to have the conversation. And as you have the conversation, it can be a relaxed conversation back and forth, but it's very important that one person doesn't spend a long time talking with a long story. And, and so one guideline for that is um, just make one point. You know, when you start the conversation, maybe just make one point about how you undermine yourself or the effort you make. And let that other person make a point. Maybe you make a second point and another point. And then when you switch after a couple of minutes to talk about what you can do to uh, prevent these undermining things from arising, make one point. Don't go through the whole list. Go to the other point. Uh, Try not to tell a long story explaining why this works for you or why this is. And the reason not to to do this is that uh, you want to be receptive and influenced by what your partner says. If you spend a lot of time talking, then you won't be... uh, get some new ideas, you won't get some new perspectives that you'd get if you have a chance to hear them. And so you go back and forth, it allows for lots of opportunities for you to kind of, oh yeah, that gives me thinks of something different and new. Does that make some sense? It's a little bit different than normal conversations. So why don't you find a, uh, a partner and come towards the front if you don't find one. 